For everything known, there is something unknown. For every blessing, there is a curse. For everything holy, there is something unholy. For every evil, there is an omen. Gregory Peck, Lee Remick, The Omen. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. You have been warned. Welcome to So What's the Problem, in which we rewatch movies from our youth to determine if they're problematic by today's standards. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing The Omen, which was released in the US on June 25th, 1976, the UK on September 16th, 1976, and in Ireland on February 11th, 1977. It was written by David Seltzer and directed by Richard Donner. It stars Gregory Peck, Lee Remick, David Warner, Patrick Taunton, Billy Whitelaw and Harvey Stevens. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen is this: Jen and I thought a few problems. This movie has three each, and the positive we're going to have a little chat. And the synopsis is: Robert, an American, the American ambassador to Great Britain, agrees to switch his wife's stillborn baby with an orphaned infant. But as the child grows, a sinister series of events start taking place. He's uh, he's the Antichrist. So Jen, this is your first time watching this movie, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't remember when I first watched it, but it was definitely one I watched when I was younger, uh, and it's one of my favourite horror movies. Now, I have it blurry. Woo! Well, I now own it as well because uh, it wasn't available to me. I thought it was available to me on Hulu, but it was only available if you had the Cinemax add-on. And so I was like, okay, I'll rent it on Amazon. And to buy it, was like a dollar and 20 cents more. Mm-hmm. So I was like, might as well just buy it because if I like it, then I have it. And if not, what I wasted like a dollar. So did you like it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did. It's a really well made movie. Um, I actually, I would say that this is probably Richard Donner's best directed movie because he tends to get a bit sort of, I don't know. I'm not I'm not saying he's a bad director later on, but he tends to just just point a camera at things. He doesn't tend to do anything like remotely sort of fancy or anything. But here mm. he tries to actually direct and like add some sort of tension and stuff to things. But say like the Goonies isn't a well directed movie. We spoke about that before. Uh, it's full of mistakes. It's full of uh, audio mistakes and stuff like that. That happens in the Goonies doesn't happen here this is a comp this is an exceedingly well-made movie i would say and i can see why it was nominated for oscars and stuff and this was its first right his first movie uh i think i don't know now i have to look it up to be sure um, yeah but the i think that's what it said in the trivia um which would make it like i mean it would kind of make sense because he'd be trying harder mm-hmm. yeah 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 you know, because it's his first one. Yeah, but then he just tends um, to get lazy as he gets older. And... Yeah, he he done a lot of TV, but this was his first... His first motion picture. His first movie. Yeah, I know he directed... Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was the, the live-action section of the Banana Split show, Adventure Island, I think it was called. He directed those 
I know the banana splits were live action, but there was cartoons, but there was also like a live action sort of uh, serial that was played each episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and Richard Donner directed those parts. We've watched a lot of his movies for this podcast. Yeah, we've done. We've this is our fifth Richard Donner movie. That's crazy. Yeah, um, the Goonies, Lethal Weapon, The Toy, Scrooge, and this. Well, we should we should just do all of his movies then. <laughs> Let's just change us to the Richard Donner podcast. I mean, his most of his movies were made during a time period where we actually could. Yeah, most of them. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen all of his movies now. I think. I haven't seen Ladyhawk. I've never seen Ladyhawk either. So we could add that to the wheel. Yeah. I'm also going to add Zapped to the wheel because neither, neither of us have seen Zapped. And I, yeah. and I want to watch Zapped. So I'm going to add that to the wheel <laughs> at some point. But we're not doing the wheel this month. This is Spooky Month. Let's get into the problems. And I don't have many problems, actual problems with this movie. Same. Because I love this movie and I'm biased, but also there's not really anything wrong with it. So, my problems may be a little silly, apart from the first one, because I think Mrs. Baylock is too sort of creepy from the start. Because mm-hmm. she wants to be alone with the kid, like, and then, like, the next time we see her, uh, there's a disagreement in the very next scene. And I just think, oh, that's laid on a little bit too thick with Mrs. Baylock thing. I think it would have, a progression would have been nice. Because why would they hire her? Why would they hire her? She's so creepy. And then they're both like, we like her. Yeah. Well, and when I was reading the trivia, apparently she was supposed to be like a nice Irish nanny. Mm-hmm. But then the actress came in and they liked her performance so much, they cast her and completely changed the character. And it is, I'm, like, I... I do like her performance, but I also understand it's like the one thing that keeps the movie from being totally ambiguous about whether or not the kid is actually evil. Yeah. Like her, the way she plays it, it's hard, harder to deny that the kid is evil. Uh, Absolutely. And, and yeah, it is like, they just buy that the agency sent her without. Yeah. Anyone asking? Then did they? I wish they'd at least shown us like checking her references. Yeah, exactly. That would have been good because she handed them the references. But is it just reference letters, or is there somebody she can call? They they aren't good parents in in that part of the movie. No, no. I mean, I believe that they're a, a loving couple, and I mean that's the thing, right? The acting in this movie is pretty good. I mean, Gregory mm-hmm. Peck, who was like late on in life in this movie. Uh, compared to other things we've seen him in, is still gives a really good performance. It may have something to do with the fact that his son committed suicide um, two months before this, mm-hmm. before filming this movie. That that maybe gave him the sort of push to be the to grieve and stuff um, in the movie. Well, you know that. Um, have you seen Hot Fuzz? Yes, it's been a while though. Yeah, Billy um, Billy Whitelaw is in Hot Fuzz. Oh, okay. She's the woman who runs the hotel in Hot Fuzz. Okay. So the next time you watch that, then you can say that that's Mrs. Baylock. Because <laughs> that's... I just realised... Sorry. Oh, go on. Uh, that's why um, Edgar Wright hired her, because she was Mrs. Baylock. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just realised I've only ever seen one other Gregory Peck movie. Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird. Nope. Nope. Never seen To Kill a Mockingbird. Holy shit. I was actually telling somebody the other day... 
it's weird. I've never read the book or seen the movie. Mm-hmm. And um, the Aaron Sorkin play is going to be here in March. And so that'll probably be my first mm-hmm. exposure to, to Kill a Mockingbird. Now, the one thing I've seen is Roman Holiday. All right. I've never seen Roman Holiday. I think the only one I've seen is... The other one I've seen is To Kill a Mockingbird. You should watch the movie, though. The movie is fantastic. It is such a good film. Mm-hmm. I just think they lay on the whole Mrs. Baylock thing a little bit too thick at the beginning. Yeah. Just ease her, ease her into her lives. She doesn't need to be... Because straight away she just, like, shuts the door. She's with the child herself. I want to be alone with the child. Like, uh, no. 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 That's not happening. Uh, I'm I'm going to sit with you while you meet our son. So what is your first problem? So um, I know the, the music won an Academy Award mm-hmm. and most of the music is very good, but mm-hmm. the music, uh, the first couple of times they see the dog made me laugh. Yeah, I like that. It was a bit much for me. It was a bit much for yeah, me. Yeah, I like that that music. <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't a fan. It was... It, a bit silly? Yeah, yeah, it stood out a little too much. Like, a lot of the score was a little more subtle, mm-hmm. and then that happened, and it was just silly. <laughs> I disagree, but that is fine. <laughs> that is perfectly all right. It's hard to find problems with this It movie, definitely so. is. But I couldn't really pick... This is my birthday pick, and I couldn't really pick anything else, and we decided to do this instead of Eating Alive, which neither of us have seen. So I might watch, I might watch Eating Alive at some point. June, December, eh, December, not December, October. So, my second problem. Now, I don't mind 70s fashion. I think 70s fashion is a little dull, but I don't hate 70s fashion. It was like a sort of weird period between the 60s and 80s, where 60s was sort of, um, like, sort of cool and calm and collected mm-hmm. with the, you know, but then the 80s was a bit, like, loud, and here is just sort of dull. The 70s is just sort of dull in fashion. Gregory Peck's jacket, when he's at the the um the rugby game, is disgusting. Mm-hmm. It's like a really weird sort of neon tartan thing. Mm-hmm. It's like tartan, but it's like, well, uh, plaid, but it's... um. It's uh, neon sort of colours. It looks really weird. And it's a horrible jacket. So that's my second problem. What's your second problem? Oh my god. <laughs> it's a horrible jacket. It's disgusting. Okay, I, I guess we'll go with my second problem is um, I feel like at uh, Damien's birthday party mm-hmm. that all the parents there, all the adults there are terrible Mm -hmm. because the kids are just watching this woman hanging Mm -hmm. and no one seems to be trying to get the children away or distract them. Like they're all just staring for a really long time. Yeah. And I get that it's shocking, but like, please take the children away from the hanging woman. Exactly. And that, I mean, that's a great stunt as well. Yeah. The only one that's really shielding a a child is uh, Lee Remick's character when she's, she's shielding um, Damien from looking at it. Mm-hmm. She's the only one, but so she's got an excuse to sort of stand there because she's still shielding the child from seeing it. But yeah, all the other, all the kids are just like, "Oh, what's happening? What's that? Oh, there's a dead woman over there!" Oh, <laughs> no, take the children away. It's it's horrible. It's a horrible thing to see. Now all those children are scarred. Yeah, it was very upsetting. Yeah, definitely. 
So we're barreling through these, but I've got a lot to talk about mm-hmm. after anyway. Yeah, I have a lot of trivia. Yeah, my third problem is uh, Bugenhagen is a silly name. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the man played by Leo McKern towards the end where he's telling him about the knives and not he gives him the knives. His name is Bugenhagen. And Bugenhagen is a <laughs> stupid fucking name. And I just want to okay. put that on the record. What's your third problem? Uh, speaking of names, I just wanted to say the writer almost named Damien Domlin. Yeah. Because he had a friend who had a kid named Domlin that he just like really hated. And his wife had to talk him out of it. I love that. I love that story. That's so great. Especially like Domlin wouldn't be a super common name. So uh, maybe that would have been better because yeah. Damien... Can you imagine what kids named Damien at this time yeah. must have gone through? On like the play, getting teased on the playground. Yeah, it, it's, it has become a pop. It's become a pop culture joke. It's become a reference and a mm. joke and a meme now. That if a kid is being annoying, they get called Damien. It's been that way all my life. So anyone, I don't think Damien's a common name now anyway. Probably because of this movie. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is fair enough because it's not. A, I don't know. Is, is Damien a nice name? I don't know. I I like it. Yeah. 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 Well, fair enough. I wouldn't name my kid that because of this movie. Yeah, because of the yeah, movie. I think Damien's a fine name. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so coming up with problems for this was really hard. Yeah. Um, I guess my third problem is when he is riding the tricycle and he knocks his mom down. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something about the way she fell that was funny to me. Well, I have trivia about that. And I like... So do I, but you go. Yeah, I like the way she <laughs> fell. <laughs> <laughs> because I think it's a creative way to fall. <laughs> because Lee Remick didn't want anything to do with it. She didn't want to fall. She didn't want to do a stunt. So mm-hmm. they got the they got the floor and they put it onto the wall and she's on a wee dolly and she's moving towards the wall. It looks it does look a bit odd. Yeah, my I mean I and it's not like I think it's done badly or anything. It's just there was something about it that made me laugh and I'm yeah. like I shouldn't be laughing at this part. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's something out there. But it was it was really hard to come up with problems. So it's not even like it's that big of a problem for no, me. No, I know no, I know it's the way she the way she turns does look a bit sort of weird. You're always giving me shit for picking movies that don't have problems, and then you pick this. Hey, I wanted to do Eaten Alive. I, well, I didn't want to do Eaten Alive. I gave you an option of Eaten Alive, something we hadn't seen that may have had problems in it. But, but yeah, I know. I know this had no problems in it, but I didn't have anything else from 1976 to pick. So There's nothing else? Not horror-wise that I've seen. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, because it's October. Yeah, because... I recently, last week, uh, Dylan was like, well, how many, I was explaining to him why we were doing this, and he was like, well, how many movies are there from 82, and I looked up, and I was like, okay, okay, I could do this for a few years, there's, 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 yeah, because all I could think of off the top of my head was, um, Fast Times, mm-hmm. um, and then Annie, mm-hmm. and, um, because he was like, what can you do, E.T., and I was like, I already did it, yeah, so, but there's a handful, your birth year had good movies, uh, yeah, it did, actually. <laughs> um, still get Rocky, which isn't horror, but, I mean, we could always just not do... We don't have to do horror every week in October. No, we don't. We don't. So, yeah, maybe next year we'll do Rocky. Okay, because I've never seen it, and I'd like to see it. Right, okay. So, my positive is Jerry Goldsmith's score. Because <laughs> uh, I love it. Um, I, think, I knew it would be. I think, you know, it's, I think it sets the tone. 
of the movie very well, as all good scores should. This was his only mm. Oscar win and the ninth of 18 nominations. <laughs> but he did other good scores. I'm amazed his Planet of the Apes score didn't win. Um, but, hey-ho. So, what is your positive? I'm going to go boring and, and say the acting. The acting was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the kid the kid was sufficiently creepy. Yeah. Um, and I, I liked the fact that he like hardly spoke at all in the movie. But yeah, the the acting, even though I thought the nanny was too creepy, like she did a very good job of being creepy. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes I forget that, and maybe I'm wrong, because I wasn't around in the 70s, but it seems like horror movies from the 70s, like it seems like maybe they got more respect at the time. Like by the time you get to the eighties and you get the slasher movies and stuff, then all of a sudden horror movies become a joke to where like it was it became harder to get serious actors to do them. Mm-hmm. And I always forget that in the seventies horror movies were actually like good and they, they got nominated for Academy Awards. Yeah. You know, and like they were respected. Mm-hmm. And so of course the acting is very good, because they were still I mean like I mean, I know a lot of it is Gregory Peck, and it's like once they got him, then people took it seriously and signed on. Yeah. I just always forget how good the acting can be in 70s horror movies, because I just think about, like, 80s horror movies, which yeah. are cheesy and no, absolutely. not so great. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, also because of the 80s was, like, oversaturation um, when it came to horror movies, because it was, like, mm-hmm. every week a horror movie seemed to be released in the 80s. It just seemed to get too much. Whereas mm-hmm. the 70s would just have, like, a horror movie every now and then. Yeah. And then that, they were well-respected and well-directed and stuff like that. And then the 80s just sort of shat them out constantly. Mm-hmm. And that bled over into the 90s as well. But then the 90s became more sort of self-aware when it came to horror movies. Well, obviously, because of Scream. But that was like the that was like the late eighties. That was seventy uh, seventy six ninety six. So uh, ninety sorry, that was ninety six. So it was late nineties. Um, and but then it was like we'd already had so many really sort of poor, cheesy horror movies in the first half of the nineties that bled over from mm. the eighties. Now we seem to have a lot of good horror movies that are well acted again mm-hmm. these days yeah. now. Um, I might not like them all, but I think people take horror movies more seriously now, just like they did in the seventies. And I think we're, you know, it's going back round to that. I agree, the acting's good. I saw that Gregory Peck was in the Boys from Brazil, mm-hmm. um, which I've never seen. Watching him in this, it made me. I need to read the book because I want to read the book before I see the movie, and I've had the book for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it hopefully it'll inspire me to do that because it's Ira Levin. Mm-hmm. And he did Stepford Wives and Rosemary's Baby and Sliver, which is a terrible movie, but a great book. Mm-hmm. So that makes me, because I'm just like, I want to watch more 70s horror movies. Yeah. I don't know why I haven't seen more 70s movies in general, because I really like them. Yeah. The 70s was a good time for movies. Yeah, definitely. Because like you said, they, take, they took it seriously. In the 70s, yeah. they really did take filmmaking seriously. But yeah, I think I think we should watch more 70s movies. I think that should be something that both of us should do. Because there is a lot that I haven't seen. Like I said, we've spoken about this before. I have All the President's Men on Blu-ray and I've had it for two years and I've never watched it. I've, I've never watched yeah, it. Yeah, and I really should watch it. Because I've heard it's a great movie. Yeah, it's supposed to be fantastic. Yeah, I watched um, 
The Conversation, starring Gene Hackman, mm-hmm. a few years ago, and that was bloody good. And that's Francis Ford Coppola's movie, In Between the Two Godfathers. He made The Conversation in between those two. The first two Godfathers, I should say. Yeah, it's just so much good stuff in the 70s that just, I think, gets overlooked a lot now, mm-hmm. uh, which is a shame. Yeah, the other day, the other day, I was thinking about how I would love to do um, Stepford Wives or Rosemary's Baby, but I saw them after I was a teen. Mm. <laughs> like I, they're out of my cutoff because I saw them later in life. Well, I think I saw I saw Rosemary's Baby as a teen. I could pick Rosemary's Baby. Okay, but I've never seen the Stepford Wives. Sorry. Oh, it's good. Did you see the the remake? Unfortunately, I did. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, it made me very angry. Did it? Well, and it's bad enough when you watch an adaptation of a movie you love and it's awful, Mm -hmm. but when you also love the book, it just adds a whole other level. So, because when I saw, um, when I saw the remake, that was probably within a couple of years after I first discovered Ira Levin and read some of his books. Love Stepford Wives. I've read it a couple of times. It's a very quick read. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the book and I love the original movie and oh God, that movie, that remake, I was actually thinking about it recently. I was thinking maybe I would give it another shot mm-hmm. because maybe now my expectations are so low, I would enjoy it a little more. I don't know, but yeah. I didn't, it wasn't for me. And it had like the, the ending was very upbeat and in a way that I didn't appreciate. So they changed the ending, did they? Yes, they did. <laughs> yes, they did. And I, I, I didn't, I wasn't happy with that. So, um, and it had such a great cast. Yeah. And one of the things I liked is, you know, it's like all these men are changing their wives, but there was also a gay couple and one of them was, you know, wanting to change his husband. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was interesting. There were a couple little things in it I liked okay, but most of it I hated. Fair enough. Have you seen the remake of The Omen? Oh boy, have I. Yes, I have. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I read it was like basically line for line the same movie, is it? They change a couple of things. Well, they add a couple of things, like they have um, originally Richard Dawn, an original script, David Seltzer wrote that um, that Kathy had misgivings about Damien quite early on, and she would have visions of like Damien, and they add mm-hmm. those visions into the remake. Um, so Julia Stiles plays Kathy in the remake, and she... She has images, like horrible images of things. Uh, and that's like an add-on, which is actually not too bad. It's, they're well sort of directed. But it's basically the same movie. I love Julia Stiles. And it's not good. It is mm. not good. Oh, speaking of Rosemary's Baby, uh, Mio, Mio, Mia Farrow plays, Mia yeah, she plays uh, Mrs. Baylock in the remake. I don't know if it's Mrs. Baylock, they may change the name, but she plays the nanny in the remake. Yeah, I read that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I saw that movie on opening day. <laughs> okay. There was a big deal about it being released on the 6th of the 6th, 2006. That was a big push of it. It was being released in 666. And I went to the cinema, and it was the most full I'd ever seen in a cinema. And it was horrible. It was a horrible experience. You know, like you know how in, in the UK going to the cinema is completely different to America. There's no hooting and hollering here, and because of that, it was dead silence for a lot of the movie. It was dead silence. There was nothing. There was no reaction from the audience at all. We're all just sort of sitting there, like 
Right. See, the thing that makes a, a horror, a bad horror film better is when people are getting loud. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the one kind of movie where I actually like it when people are reacting yeah. audibly. Well, and I, I have to say that because I will react audibly in a way that embarrasses Dylan. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair he, enough. Like, it's, it's, I don't go crazy or anything, no. but like, I will yell, oh shit, right. and he will get embarrassed. Do you do that at home? Yeah. Yeah? If I'm, like, feeling tense, like, if I'm really scared in a movie, yeah, I will react. Yeah. I think I may gasp. I may, like, let out some air if there's something that's uh, particularly scary, but I don't... And I was, what was I've been watching horror movies for October, and I've watched... Um, it's not really horror, but it's sort of horror action. I watched the latest Resident Evil movie, Welcome to Raccoon City. Mm-hmm. I watched that last night, I think. And there was a bit where something jumps in front of the camera, so obviously you're going to jump. And I went, <laughs> like that. I made, I made a little sort of squealing noise. <laughs> and that's like the first time I've done that in a movie <laughs> for a long time. You know, Xander's 10. He's been watching horror movies for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. And he thinks it's hilarious the way I react because horror movies rarely ever scare him. Mm. And he thinks it's hilarious when I get scared and when I react like that. And uh, then he makes fun of me. While we're, t- while we're talking about the uh, the remake, I'm also going to say what I wrote down about the, the sequels. And then after I say this, you can say some trivia, right? Because I've mostly just okay. got stuff that you've probably got... Um, and my own personal feelings and thoughts. So I'll just say that there's three sequels to this movie. Uh, Damien, um, Omen 2, is about uh, Damien going in, he's a teenager and he's going into the army. And that has some really seriously, like, gnarly kills in it. A woman gets pecked to death by a flock of crows in that movie. And a guy gets halved in two by a, 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 a elevator. So that's more sort of gory. Um, the third movie, The Final Conflict, is about adult Damien, who's now, he's the new ambassador to the UK. Okay. Um, and he's played by Sam Neill. They, there's a plot to kill a lot of the firstborn children of, like, I can't remember who it is, it's like, uh, like famous people or politicians or something like that. And they actually go through with it, and there's a lot of babies and stuff get murdered in that movie. It's it's quite harsh, um, but at the end, Damien has a fight and loses to Jesus. So spoiler, yeah. <sighs> Fuck it, it's not a very good movie. The second movie is quite good <laughs> though. Um, Richard Donner didn't direct any of the other movies; he only directed the first one. Uh, so the fourth movie. Is, I can't remember the subtitle, but it's about the daughter of Damien. Um, and that's another spoiler, because she was adopted, but she's the daughter of Damien. So it's the Awakening. The Awakening. And it was originally a TV movie, but it got released in cinemas in the UK and parts of Europe. There was a show called Damien, which was a short-lived TV show about adult Damien. Mm-hmm. Then there was a re- uh, remake we spoke about and a cancelled pilot for a TV show back in the 90s that had nothing to do with The Omen whatsoever, but it was called The Omen. And I covered it and, <laughs> I covered it and dropped the pilot, my now defunct podcast, with uh, Tisto. And it was about a demon that could jump from body to body and possess people. And it had nothing to do with 
the omen. But William Sadler was in that, so that was good. Oh, nice. Uh, so, yeah, give us some trivia, Jen, while I drink some juice. Okay. This one's a bit long, but it's about the curse. Uh, much like Poltergeist, this movie had a curse, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gregory Peck and screenwriter David Seltzer took separate planes to the UK, and both planes were struck by lightning. Mm-hmm. While producer Harvey Bernard was in Rome, lightning just missed him. Rottweilers hired for the film attacked their trainers. Mm-hmm. A hotel at which Richard Donner was staying got bombed by the IRA. After Peck canceled, and this one apparently hasn't been verified, so we're, we're kind of iffy about this one. Yeah. But uh, supposedly after Peck canceled another flight to Israel, the plane he would have chartered crashed, killing everybody on board. Mm-hmm. Um, on day one of the shoot, several principal members of the crew s- survived a head-on car crash. Um, and then the jinx appeared to persist well into post-production when special effects artist John Richardson was injured and his girlfriend beheaded in an accident on the set of A Bridge Too Far. Yes. That is a lot. And some of it isn't true. Well, the the other one other piece of trivia I had was um, apparently the PR team associated with the movie seized upon myriad of coincidences and accidents. And they played it up or embellished the idea of an omen curse to try to get the audience appropriately spooked. Yeah. So, and I didn't realize that the studios did that with Poltergeist and Exorcist too. Mm-hmm. That wasn't like, I always thought that was something that either just like came out in the news later or was kind of urban legend or whatever. Mm-hmm. But apparently the PR teams for those movies use these horrible things that happen. Yeah. As a stunt. Absolutely. Which is weird. Uh, the animal handler who helped with the, the baboons in the safari park scene, um, he was mauled and killed by a tiger shortly mm-hmm. after shooting wrapped. Right, so some of these didn't happen and a lot of it is coincidence, right? Mm-hmm. If you are filming a movie in London in 1975 or 76, chances are you're going to be around when there's a bombing by the IRA because it happened a lot in the 70s. Okay. Because the IRA hated the English and hated London and government and the Queen and all that. So it's um, it's a thing that happened in the 70s. So that is, I can just scratch that off. Okay. Guy, John Richardson, who his, his, uh, his assistant died, he said that he saw a sign, uh, a road sign that said that he was near the town of Omen, O-M-M-E-N. And it was marked six 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 point six kilometers away. What? That sign doesn't exist. Okay. People have people have looked into this, and there's no there's no road signs in the Netherlands giving distances and fractions of k- kilometers. So that sign doesn't exist. So he hmm. embellished that. Embellished the story where your assistant died. Yeah, exactly. It could have been that he was just like sort of in a haze because it happened, and maybe he imagined hmm. it. He'd just done the omen and he thought, oh, this is the curse and blah, blah, blah. But, but yeah, there is a town called Omen, but there's no sign saying Omen 666 kilometres away. There's no curse. It's a lot of bollocks. Because if anything, it helped the movie. Mm-hmm. So, and none of the other sequels are that, and the, the remake, none of that was cursed. So, all this curse business is bullshit. The the closest I've ever come to believing a curse is a movie that no one says is cursed. Like in Heather's Heather Chandler says, uh, "What did you have a brain tumor for breakfast?" 
And then she actually had a brain tumor in real life and died. And then um, there's a character, which I'm pretty sure I meant to look it up. I'm pretty sure the actor was in just one of the guys. But there's a character who, um, during the funeral scene, when you can hear everybody's thoughts, he says something about, like, please don't let me kill myself or Mm -hmm. something like that. And that actor did kill himself. Yeah, exactly. So there we go. Why, Why don't we speak about stuff like that? People only tend to think about the horror movies. Because they want there to be creepy things there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about when something happens in the set of, say, like a Fast and the Furious movie? Is the Fast and the Furious movie going to have, is that, like, uh, cursed now? Well, it, it is weird that Paul Walker got in a car accident while he was filming one of them. I mean, it was like, he wasn't at the... He wasn't on the he set. He was, he was driving. He wasn't he was, on set, no, but, he was, like, they were still in the middle of filming the movie. Like, they weren't done with it yet. Um... And he, he he wasn't driving though. No, he did. He didn't get into cars. My understanding is he didn't get into cars until he started doing those movies. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. But still, that's the closest. It's still knows. not a curse though. No, no, it's not a curse. And if they used that for PR, it would be terrible. Yeah, it's just an accident that happened to a guy who likes to date teenagers. That's all. That's all that was. Yeah. <laughs> that's all that was. Yeah, that's true. Um, cause nobody's good. No, nobody is good, Jed. And I, ref- I, I refuse to even say who I think is good because then tomorrow I'll find out they're awful. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's a few, there's a few straight cis white men in Hollywood that I love mm-hmm. that I am terrified will turn out to be awful. Yeah, th- it's, it's safe to just assume that everyone's a cunt. Mm-hmm. If, if it comes out that someone that you like is a cunt, you can just go, oh, I already knew that. I thought about that anyway. I just thought. Well, it depends on what what level of cuntiness they're at. Does it? That's the thing. Right, okay. Because you have, like... Okay, you have your David Boreanaz, who, like, I guess on Buffy used to take his dick out on set sometimes. Right. And thought it was funny. Right. He's not actually, like, touching anyone. It sounds like he wasn't necessarily... And this is... I'm just going off what I heard. It sounds like he wasn't necessarily, like, sexually harassing specific people. Mm-hmm. He was just offending people with his dick, right? Yeah. So, like, that is, like, young male behavior that is shitty, but that, like, I, or same thing, I guess the Fairly Brothers used to do that, too. Um, like, that's the kind of shit I'm, like, yeah, where I'm, like, that's shitty and you shouldn't have done that, but I can still watch your stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's Bill Cosby. Yeah. No, definitely. Well, I was going to say we're Harvey Weinstein, but if you cut out anything that Harvey Weinstein touched from anything you can watch, then you're, you're cutting out a lot of movies you can never watch. Yeah. Well... I would say that I would say that Weinstein and Cosby are cunts, but I would say David Boreanaz is just a douchebag. That's true. Um, I would I wouldn't call him a cunt. Okay. But then John Barrowman used to whip his cock out, making like Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. But he would he used to go up to like people who were sitting down and put his penis on their shoulder. Oh my god. Um, and stuff like that. So I hate that I find that funny. Yeah. That's actually hilarious. Yeah. If somebody did that to me, I probably wouldn't find it very funny. But the thought of it is hilarious yeah, to me. That's what he used to do. Doesn't make it okay, but it's yeah. funny. And he used to do it in a set of um, Arrow as well. He used to just like whip out his mm-hmm. cock. But now, now he's been told not to do it. <laughs> so he doesn't yeah. do it anymore. Anyway. Anyway, I, another piece of trivia I have is um, the movie was going to be called The Birthmark. Um, a lot of the film, the movie was filmed in location in an Italian maternity, in, in Italian maternity wards. 
And the crew would put up signs saying filming the birthmark and the women patients would complain that they didn't want any mention of birthmarks in their maternity ward for fear of bringing bad luck. So the title was changed because women were afraid of bad luck. Yeah. I was going to be called the, the Antichrist as well. Yeah, they changed the signs to say filming the omen as a temporary title. And I feel like I've, I can't think of any examples right now, but I feel like I've heard that a lot. Like movies having temporary titles that then just became the title. Yeah. Everybody gets used to it. I also read, I'm not going to read off the list of people who were offered the main role, but I read that Dick Van Dyke said um, turning down the film was stupid. Mm-hmm. Now I just wish I could see the Dick Van Dyke version. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy shit. Man, that guy is 97. Yesterday I saw an article about him, like he he and his wife had gone to Disney World mm-hmm. and he was in a wheelchair, but he's like, he's at Disney World and it's like, you know, he's in Mary Poppins, like he's kind of royalty there. Mm-hmm. I was like, he is at the age where I don't want to see a headline with his name in it (laughs) because there's always a second where you're like, shit, Mm -hmm. did he die? It's like when Betty White, like in the last few years of her life, anytime I saw a headline with her, like anytime I saw her picture pop up somewhere with a headline, my heart would stop for a second and get really nervous. So, um, yeah. And so I realized now I'm just worried about Dick Van Dyke. (laughs) Yeah. Betty White, like people like that, you tend to... This is one of the reasons why I left the cesspool that is Twitter. Um, but it's... You would always, like... They would be trending mm-hmm. all the time. Like, all these older celebrities are trending. And it's like... Some of it would actually be um, hoaxes of them dying. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how many times Dick Van Dyke has died, according to social media. But it is a lot. And it's it's just fucking it's just like just sharp. Just let them go. <laughs> Betty White left in what ninety nine? She died just before her one hundredth birthday or something. Yeah, it was like a month before yeah, she turned a hundred. Fucking insane. Yeah, and she didn't really work the last few years, but like, um, she worked until like her mid nineties. She did, yeah, like really regularly too. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last piece of trivia I have. This is my favorite trivia. Mm-hmm. That I read for this, David Warner. David Warner kept his severed he- severed head for years until his divorce, when his ex wife obtained custody of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that just brought me so much joy. I I don't understand why his ex wife would get to keep it. It seems like you should get to keep your own severed head. Yeah, but that makes me think that that's not true, though. <laughs> Just that. I hope it's true. I hope it's true. That's funny. That is funny. I that's the thing that sucks about reading trivia on IMDb is you never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You never know what's true and what's not. And um or really the internet at all. What was it that I just learned recently? Oh, it was a while back there was a thing going around um and it w- was like on all the entertainment sites where they said that um on the office, the American office that they were going to have Jim cheat on Pam in the 8th season. And John Krasinski, like, stormed into the writer's offices and demanded, like, he said that he flat out refused to do that. Mm -hmm. That was a story that everybody just kind of believed, and it made John Krasinski look really good. Mm -hmm. And then they just, um, on the Office Ladies podcast, they just did the episode where, like, this woman is heavily um, hitting on him. Like, the woman he supposedly would have cheated with. Mm -hmm. And they were like, that didn't happen. Like, they were never going to have him cheat on her. They weren't that stupid. Because I always thought... Like, the writers of that show didn't seem foolish enough to actually have him cheat. And she was like, no, John Krasinski and I were concerned about some stuff in the script, and we went in and had them change them. Mm -hmm. But, like, 
And I'm like, this story has been going around for a couple years now. Yeah. And to, to the point where it's like, like an Entertainment Weekly headline and stuff. Like, it's not... It's not like IMDb trivia. It's mm-hmm. like actual like entertainment outlets are picking it up. Yeah. And it's not true. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. You just never know these days what's true and what's not. My favorite false thing on IMDb, um, and I know that Lauren Graham talked about this on a talk show once. In her the quote section of Lauren Graham's IMDb page, it just has the quote, I love belly buttons. Right. And she's like, I don't know where that came from. Like, why would I say I love belly buttons? Yeah. But, like, apparently it's really hard to get stuff taken down from IMDb. I think it is, yeah. Right, so, I have I have some notes. Okay. One of my notes was, the giraffes know. That's all I wrote. Because the giraffes <laughs> run away from Damien. The giraffes know. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I like about this movie and the fact that what we're talking about earlier about movies from the 70s is that you would think that this would be a real slow burn. But things happen quite quickly in this because mm. the first nanny hangs herself, one gets told about the devil's child right after that and then the photographer sees some dodgy photos right after that and that's all in the first 20 minutes. So that's right away there's things there that are set up. Whereas you would think that it being a seventies movie, it might that sort of thing wouldn't really happen until like maybe halfway through, you know, he would get told then or uh, yeah. yeah. But I like I like that. While I'm thinking about it, can I ask you a question? Yeah, of course. H- how do you feel about um, murdering an evil child? Uh, I would do it. You think you would? Mm-hmm. Think you wouldn't chicken out at the last minute? No, I would do it because. If I knew 100% that that child was evil and it was the Antichrist and it was going to bring, it was going to bring the, the, the destruction of the world, then I would, I would stab that little fucker in the eye. I absolutely you, would. Would you do that even knowing that, like, you would definitely go to prison or die? Yeah. Okay. If, I, if I could save the world, even if nobody knows about it, if I could save the world, then, yeah, I would do it. Okay. Would you? Um, I would like to think I could, but I also know me, and I could see that child manipulating me into not doing it. <laughs> I couldn't do it if it was Daisy. Like, if it was a child I knew, I couldn't do it. Well, this was a child, like, this is a child he raised. Yeah, but it's not his child. That would be different then. Yeah, though. but still. If I found out that, my, that this child wasn't actually my child, because he didn't, he's, he gave up on that child long ago. <laughs> Once he found out, he was like, he didn't love him anymore anyway, so, you know, it's... Because he found his own child, has mm-hmm. <laughs> has the the skeleton remains of his child in a grave. Uh, so I think that was the turning point for him, where he's like, you know what, fuck that little bow haircut bastard back in London. He's gonna get a knife mm-hmm. to his jaw. But um, but yeah, I, I probably yeah, I could do it. I could do it. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's it's a tough it's a tough thing. Like watching the movie, it's like you can't help but like sit there and wonder, like, could I do that? <laughs> this is icky. It's a really good ending, though, because mm. Damien ends up with the president at the end. Yeah, and that is really quite clever. Damien wasn't supposed to be in that final scene. Um, it was just supposed to be the funeral, and then we would meet the president, which doesn't really make any sense because it. That Damien being there makes that scene, mm-hmm. and when he turns around to look at the camera, he's looking at Richard Donner, and Richard Donner's telling him not to laugh, 
and that's when he smiles at the end because <laughs> Richard mm-hmm. Donner is shouting, "Don't you laugh, Harvey? Don't do it!" And then it made him laugh. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I thought that was quite cute. Uh, Patrick Troughton plays Father Brennan. He was the second Doctor Who. Okay. The dog was so friendly, like the the, the initial dog was so friendly that he just wanted to lick everyone. Um, <laughs> the stunt person, when Kathy falls out the window. Mm-hmm. Which is another great stunt, and she hits the ambulance. That's a man. Uh, David Warner's jacket with the red hood around about his neck. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually foreshadowing. That's 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 a conscious choice. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That is all my notes, Jen. So yeah, I'm gl- I'm glad I watched it again because I really enjoyed this movie, and it's been a couple of years since. So last time I watched it, me and Tisto actually did a commentary for his website. Um, and in that commentary, we uh, we recast the the Omen and a couple of other movies with Muppets. So <laughs> if that that, that, pod, that podcast that commentary is still out there because his site's now down, but if that web that commentary is out there somewhere, listen to that. Right, Jen, what are we covering next week? Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery from nineteen eighty nine, directed by Mary Lambert. Um, so another woman. Uh, director Jen. Woo! Yay! Uh, Girl power! Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that movie. Yeah, I, I saw it once at a sleepover in 7th or 8th grade, and that's it. Yeah? Holy shit. Um, I've seen that a few times, but yeah. We'll we'll talk about it next week. Um, so that's all we have time for. If you'd like to follow the podcast, um, pff, I don't know. I'm on Fred's. Shift the bench pod, and I'm also on uh, Blue Sky. Uh, I can't remember what it is, but I'm on there as Jimmy Brown, so just look for me. Um, Shiftybench.co.uk is the website. Contact at shiftybench.co.uk is the email address. Where can people follow you online, Jen? I'm at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter, where I'm going to watch Elon Musk burn the place down. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to get some popcorn. (laughs) well actually who knows because if he's going to start charging people soon then I won't be there anymore absolutely most people won't yeah but uh you've got all these displaced people on the internet like there's no one place to go no there isn't and so everybody's scattering everywhere yeah sad yeah but as long as Facebook suffers as well it's fine so anyway (laughs) uh thank you all for listening and we'll speak to you all next time goodbye goodbye